The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Arturia, Avid, Source Elements, and RSBE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm John Bershaw and James Richmond. We're going to be talking about uh, about what happened in July, things, new things that happened in July, and what we think of them. That was less than smooth. Let's get straight into it. Um, uh, Ashit, you, you, you can start us off. Um, uh, we have a list of things, most of which I'm sure we'll talk about. But what should we talk about yes. first? Well, let's just go with something simple first and very very nice. Um, so it's Air have released their new multi-effects plugin called Sprite. Um, and it's another Air plugin that I didn't know I needed until I actually tried it. Um, you get uh, a lot of very fast kind of inspiration, um, coming up with effects that you wouldn't ordinarily consider, which is handy. Uh, it's got a great GUI as well, so um, very simple kind of at first glance. Uh, you've got kind of distortion, a couple of modulations, um, delay, reverb, that sort of thing. But you do have the option of delving in a bit further and getting more specific, uh, specific as well. So, um, yeah, I tried it on a dance track that I'm producing and it was really good fun, actually. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, okay. You might appreciate it, Julian, just because it is very simple to look at. And I know you don't like very, very simple plugins, but you can actually go in and get way more granular. I didn't know it. where you were going with that. Okay, that worked I out. Really well. <laughs> uh, no, I know what you mean. I've, I've been frustrated in the past about uh, about plugins that do something magic and then go, no, 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 we won't tell you what we did. And I'm much too nosy for that. So like yeah. the Artist Series Waves plugins and the One Knobs and stuff, it's like, no. My best example of this, this isn't like this, but um, I was a big fan. Well, still am a big fan of the Softube S73. And okay, they nice. did uh, the companion full-fat version, if you like, uh, at the uh, Softube 1973, which gave you access to all of the all of the things that were happening behind the curtain in, mm. in S73, but also had the presets. So, for example, if you wanted to know what Clarity 2 actually did, then mm. just open it up in that and you could see, which I kind of, I, I liked yeah, that. Yeah, that's good because you can learn a lot from that as well. This is true. This is true. Uh, James, you, I mean, we're, we're of similar vintage. You, you definitely owned a hardware multi-effects unit back in the day, didn't you? I still do. I still have a, the, the Oh, you've got the motherload of... Uh, H9000, yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, I, I meant more humble things than that. Yeah, well, okay. so this actually brings me to, to Air Sprite. I, I tried it and I immediately mm. bought it, mostly... Because it wasn't very expensive, and mm -hmm. you know, you know the way some plugins will throw like a little bit of noise across the, um, uh, you know, across the audio, just so you can't, with a demo, you can't use it for for anything oh, yeah. uh, final. So what Hair have done is given you a very long faded in blast of white noise, which when I had my monitors, I've tried the demo. I actually thought it was part of the patch, and I. And yeah, it was so kind of kind of weird to to be doing that, uh, and I really need to get rid of it. So so I bought it, and it and actually it's really good. Um, it reminds me more of an Elisa's MIDI verb, which is you know coming back to your point, the Elisa's MIDI verb was the effects processor that I I had when I first started. I think it was a MIDI verb three or four or something. Mm. Um, and this feels very much the same. You know, it's fixed architecture, so you can't really move modules about. You can change the modules themselves, and for mm -hmm bread and butter sounds, uh, you, it's really good. You can't change, I don't. at least I don't think you can change, the series parallel routings between the different modules, or at least mm -hmm. I, I didn't see it. Um, but, you know, maybe for a plug-in like this at, at its price point, 
particularly for someone just getting into um, you know multi effects it's it's mm-hmm. great you know mm-hmm. it doesn't really do anything that your stock plugins don't do but you would have to set up you know multiple effects changes and and then save that mm-hmm. um, so so having it all in one place and being able to go between different DAWs, yeah it's great but were like you preset use- cruising and then going oh I like that I'll tweak this and tweak that or were you yeah you yeah, weren't clearing yeah. it out and going from I don't even know if there is a default null patch you could start from actually but I think, yeah, it, it starts with a, I can't remember the name of it, it starts with a default patch that has quite a lot going on. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, like, you know, I mean, like, like talking back to the old 90s Alesis gear, my, my first uh, multi-effects processor was a, was a quadriverb. And I still remember that that orange little screen with uh, whatever it was, chorus plus delay plus reverb plus, you know, it was, mm. yeah, straight in with like, yeah, this sounds awesome. And it's... Um, I was I was going to say this is a similar sort of ballpark I'd imagine if you're just you know, winding through presets and seeing what you get and that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's a really good use for this kind of um, yeah, all in one thing. Yeah, the you jam finishes, which started with uh, we started with the finisher, but they've expanded the range. And the whole idea with that is um, is there isn't really a whole lot of editing to be done if you don't like it. Just spin the wheel again and see what you get mm, but mm. with this you can you can dig in if there's something you like but it's not quite right i suppose yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think exactly. it's more than enough i haven't tried most. it but I, I i i i'm behind the idea yeah you, you may Good. well get to a point where you go oh i really want to do this mm. and i can't for example but what changing series parallel routings of effects if you wanted to have the delay not go through the reverb for example Okay, yeah, that, that, that could be... A... Hmm. But careful what you wish for, because the other thing that this reminds me of is um, uh, Exponential Audio Excalibur, which mm. I thought was brilliant, but unmanageable in use, just because the UI was just... I, I just, I just couldn't, couldn't understand it, let alone get on with it. It was, it was really tough. The only person I know who really got their head round round that uh, was Eli Kranzberg, who who was across it, and I remember asking him quite a few questions about it. But brilliant sounding, mm. and on the preset level, fantastic. But it gave me access to everything I wanted. But if I wanted to do something complicated, to be honest, I just I, I kind of backed out, going, "This is this is a little bit much for me." So having something that strikes the balance between simplicity, immediacy, and detail, and digging in, yeah, yeah, and. and- James, what do you think? How how sort of difficult it would it be for the plugin manufacturers to sort of change that and make that possible so that people could oh, do that? Well, I, I guess it depends on what the code base is and, and how yeah. they've approached the summing of the different elements. Um, you would have to, I guess, create a, a back end where you have you know essentially software switches for a, a, a straight path from um, um, input to output. And then you would interject each module either in a series parallel way. I I, I don't think it's, I think it'd be non-trivial. I can Mm -hmm. see how to do it. And Mm -hmm. if you look at something like an AxeFX guitar processor, that has a very open world feel to the way it works. Uh, And so does the Eventide H9000. I can change, if I want to send an input to eight outputs, I can do it, you know, and then feed each of those into... Um, separate modules, you know, delay, reverb, pitch, whatever, and then have them all summed at the last point. That you know, that's what the sort of open world approach to to effects processing does. And the H nine thousand, the Axe Effects, uh, you know, they they're the sort of the kings of that. 
Um, you know, I, th I think most people, most of the time, don't need that. And yeah. hey, if, if you wanted to do this with Air Sprite, all you could do is instantiate two versions of the plugin exactly. and turn all the other mm. stuff off. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. Can, you can always... Yeah, that would be a... Yeah. Yeah. I, I would also say I'm not sure that the hardware H9000 and, and this um, Air Sprite plugin have quite aimed at the same sector of the market. No, so. no. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I, I sort yeah. of said this is a, the Alesis MIDI verb or quadriverb or what was the mm. TC1, the T... Was it the 300, M300 or something? I had an M300. Uh, I loved that. Yeah, yeah. I'd have another. It's not got one for sale. Clean, good sounding. Well, now they're mm. quite expensive, I think, actually used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've gone up in price. Absolutely. Um, mm. I, I, th I think um, uh, we all sound pretty approving. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm surprised, actually. But uh, I'm surprised how much we have to say about it. But <laughs> Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, um, we'd, I want to talk about uh, the, um, the the new SSL um, mm. uh, G3. That's what it's called, isn't it? But the, oh, yeah, the multi-band uh, version of the of the G series bus compressor, mm. um, which uh, I mean, James, you you know SSL better than most, actually. Um, so uh, you know, um, uh, you, you check this out. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I, like I really like it. Um, mm. I've, I've I've got all of the SSL plugins, as you may expect. Someone who you know used to work for them really love what um, what John uh, Sandman and the and the other guys on the mm -hmm. uh, what men and women I think on the on the plugin team are doing uh, at at the moment. It's uh, they seem to be going uh, full guns blazing into plugins and taking things like the Fusion, which I you know I have the hardware equivalent of. Uh, you can pretty much get everything e uh, of that device now in software. And so then to see the G bus come out as a as a multiband, you know, it's really fantastic. The uh, another uh, hardware unit of SSLs I've got is the uh, XLogic G bus compressor. And the historically the problem with that has been as music gets more and more bass content to it, mm. um, the lack of a um, you know a, a high pass mm. uh, in that hardware device was always a bit of a problem. Um, and that's why a lot of clones came in offering it, and that's when plugins started offering it too. And then SSL did the two bus plus. So being able to compress low, mid, high differently is, feels like an extension of of having that um, high pass uh, capability on the mm -hmm. uh, on mm -hmm. the G bus. And what it allows you to do is to you know if you want to go quite aggressive on the mids but very light on the lows, yeah, you can do it. And you know yeah. for the sort of work I do a lot in in EDM and and rock, the mid range is where all the energy is. Absolutely. And you want to keep the top end quite clean. You know that's mm -hmm. my aesthetic, and 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 this plugin works great for that. Yeah. And there's the the drive, uh, you know, the drive band's really handy, like you say. Um, mm. If you do want to sort of really add that kind of cool, kind of punchy punchiness to, for example, a snare, a snare drum, um, but you want to keep the the low end and the high end cleaner, I think that's one of the most, um, yeah, standout things about this plugin. To be honest, and yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I've done a really great job. Mm. Um, I, I particularly like it across the drum bus. Mm. Um, that's yeah, where yeah. for me it works the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Have you checked it out, uh, George? Julian, yeah. Mate, well, yes, I did. I mean, I wasn't sort of uh, obliged to, but I saw what was going and said, oh, actually, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to get in on this. Um, what I like, I, I wrote a piece last week, possibly, about multiband compressors, and um, it, was, it was largely my sort of... Um, uh, uh, rather ennui kind of sort of attitude to multiband compression just because I've never really felt that comfortable with it to be mm. honest and when I saw this was coming out um, uh, I've used a hardware 
um, SSL bus compressor a lot. Um, uh, I can't say that about most um, sort of, you know, classic designs, actually. I'm much more familiar with them in software, but this one I know well in hardware. And I've used I've used it in software across a lot of things. I, I know what I want to do with it when I do it. And the idea about actually having that really familiar interface and limited control set and just three bands, which I don't have to use all of. And this is a really important point is if you've got mm. a multiband compressor, you don't have to use all of the bands. And it's, uh, but I found it easy to get on with in a way that if you give me a complex, fully featured multiband compressor, you just give me enough rope to hurt myself with, you know? Um, yeah, I, I tend to use um, McDSPs as the ML eight thousand. Uh, you know, I've I've been there's plenty of rope strapping, in that. <laughs> yeah, strapping myself, the strapping that across the the master bus uh, yeah. because it sounds great and uh, you gives you a lot of control. But I, I tell it, you what, you? The, yeah. the first six months or so of doing of messing around with that, it was it was used with care. This is the yeah. thing. It's like, but yeah. it's it's yeah. I mean, I just immediately I was able to, I was able to just dial stuff in. I just went. I tell you what, that sounds fantastic. Why mm. wouldn't I want to use this? Do you not find it? It sounds kind of slightly wider as well everything if you put it across a, a mix bus kind not of, specifically okay. but i will go back and check now yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I i absolutely love it i think it's brilliant mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and i mean it's uh i was using uh ua um uad uh, bus compressor i've moved away from uad dsp um altogether these days i'm i've kind of a you know i still have my apollo but it's uh it's uh, uh, not currently connected to anything, and actually, I just want—I tell you what—it's really nice to have this back, and I can just switch two bands off, and I've got what I've got a SSL bus compressor back. Yeah, so you know, yeah. so that's yeah. a, a win. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. definitely. No, I, I, yeah. I love it. Sounds like we both love it. Is there? Mm. An, I mean, you both love it. Is there anything else that we need to say about this? Just try I, I, it out, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. I, I'm really looking forward to you know what SSO might be coming up with next. Ever wondered what it's like to mix an entire album for Kanye? Or layering vocals for Chris Brown? Join your hosts, Cash and G, every fortnight as we sit down with some of your favourite artists, producers and engineers to talk everything music. Brought to you by Avid Pro Tools. That sounds great. Great. D James, what, what do you want to talk about? Okay, great. Let's jump down to Shep's Omni Channel 2. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So this came from nowhere. It just suddenly turned up in my um, my plugin bundle with Waves, and I'd used Omni Channel One a bit. You know, I'm always a little bit suspicious of all-in-one plugins that mm. you know channel strip style plugins. I feel like I want to get in and turn a lot of that stuff off and use one or two features. Um, but I, I had used it on a project oh, about a year ago, the, the first version, and and really liked it. Thought it thought it was sounded good. Um, I'm also a little bit wary of branded, you know, named after a name producer yeah. because people yeah. assume you're going to get Sheps in a bottle, mm -hmm. not that it's in mm -hmm. a bottle, but you you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so version two's turned up, and they've added insert, so you can use it as a VST three host which in Pro Tools and Logic is fantastic. Um, and yes, there are other tools that do this, Blue Cat do one and you know a couple of others, but being able to add any other plugin you might have in a VST3 format um, as an insert in another plugin, I think is a really uh, forward-thinking approach. And they've added some saturation and uh, a soft e-compressor and a, uh, what else, a... 24 dB proactive filter, you know, mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm. it's a fun thing to to play mm -hmm. around with. And if you own Mercury, I think it's 
the Mercury bundle, you get it. Uh, just it just drops into your account. So um, if you've got current uh, uh, current up, uh, waves update planned. So what do you tend to use it on then, James? What's your sort of favourite thing to? So lately, on? I've been using it on voiceovers because I've been doing an awful lot of voiceover okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, which you know I'm not using the uh, the inserts on that, but it, yeah, it's just a really straightforward channel that mm-hmm. has a, a lot of scope. You can just bang it in on the channel and, and off you go. Hmm. Nice. So straight out of the box, kind of thing. It will sound it will sound good before making any tweaks. Then is that what you're saying? Or um, well, I think it's not so much you just instantiate and away you go, but it's mm-hmm. quite clearly laid out. It has everything you need in a channel strip. And mm-hmm. it sounds good. And unlike um, other products that I, you know, m- you know, I won't name any, but w- where I feel I instantiate a channel strip type plugin and then go around and disable a whole bunch of stuff, um, this I tend to just, you know, instantiate and and off I go. It's got a good compressor. It's got good EQ. It sounds it sounds nice. Brilliant. Hmm. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects, called the AudioFuse Creative Suite, is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit achoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. So um, I haven't used this. I mean, I did. I, I was sort of uh, in in a, in a brief conversation with Andrew about it. He was he was very pleased with it. The the hosting. Um, <laughs> I'm. I see something like this, and I just think what I want to do if I get hold of this is I want to host. Uh, an instantiation of omnichannel in omnichannel, and then host that <laughs> within another, insta- and make some Russian doll recursive plugin. And say, no, that's, I'm, mm, I'm, I'm being silly imagine. now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's. I think it's going to do exactly what uh, the first one did, and some more. So you know, the first one was no slouch either. Um, I, I, I quite like channel strips actually. Um, I've been there backwards and forwards on that on that whole proposition a few times over the years, but no, I I, I quite like them, and uh, I haven't tried this, but um, but I, I think it's something that uh, possibly I should have checked out. You know, mm. I yeah. think sometimes channel strips are a little bit like multi effects units, just to you know dial back to um, to the air sprite thing. You know, if, if you mm. like everything that's in in the product, then then great, use it. But if if you you know, I, I remember having a few. Uh, multi-effects units uh, for guitar, you know, guitar multi-effects units. And you might like the distortions, but not like the uh, chorusing, or you like the flanging, but you don't like the, the delays. And then the whole, I guess, the idea of a multi-effects unit is everything needs to be to be usable. And the same thing with a, with a channel strip, I guess. Brilliant. So, yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, so I just wanted to briefly mention um, Slate Digital has released Virtue, which is a new online-assisted uh, mastering service for or all access pass members. Uh, basically, what you do, it's very simple. Upload your mix, uh, select the style that best fits your track, for example, pop, rock, hip-hop, EDM, that sort of thing. Uh, pick your loudness target, and then it will master the track for you. Um, it does have some slightly more advanced controls, for example, frequency balance, compression, uh, stereo width as well, so you can sort of get in there and uh, adjust things to taste. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts, uh, James. Um, it does kind of remind me of the Lander plugin, um, sorry, the uh, Lander mastering. Um, but they do have an additional thing, which is the reference mastering. I don't know if you've tried it. 
Um, no, I, I haven't. Know. And the you know, automated mastering for me somewhat goes against my idea of what mastering's for. Mm. I'm I'm not saying people shouldn't use it if they've got a use, but but for me, what I the reason I like going to someone for mastering and employing a person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm a bit of a dinosaur at this point, but but I I like it because it's a second set of ears in another room. You can yes. also reflect a little bit more about the project before you've made any, you know, very very final decisions, and it mm. and off it goes. Mm. You know, one I did read a little bit about the slate, you know, the, about slate virtue, and and one thing they say is you 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 go through this process, and then if you're happy, mm-hmm. you continue, and and being happy. With a with a mix or being happy with a master, I, in some ways, it's good if it's not just you, the person that engineered the record, making yeah. that decision, and that's yeah. and that's what for me mastering is. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. To be honest, it's not just a sonic thing. It's actually you need that human. You need another set of ears to sort of. I uh, do. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying everyone does, and you know, clearly, you you, you may feel that as well. Um, I'm I'm not worried about you know, mastering heading towards being fully automated, Mm -hmm. so long as we always have the option of, you know, being able to go down to Metropolis or wherever you want to go, Mm. uh, you know, I'll physically travel in to to get that final step completed. Mm. Um, It's it's an important part of it for me. Yeah. I mean, have you compared sort of human mastering versus AI uh, automated mastering? Not really, no, no. and and again, you know, maybe I should. I I, I should at some point. But uh, I I guess I'm fairly happy with my uh, my process at this point. Uh, mm. You know, mm. I should I should check it out. How do you feel about it, Julian? I can I can kind of imagine how you would feel about. I this. mean, I I've never really cared about these things. I have to say, um, okay. everything that James said completely. It's not about processing it's about uh, it's about ears and perception mm-hmm. and judgment and yeah. um and i understand how these things work get it you know um it's it's trying to make everything sound like everything else which is perfectly valid when you come to a recognized form like a record mm. um what i think would be interesting and i'm a bit slightly cheeky here is that i'd like it if there was some kind of aggregator so that i mean there are there are a few different options here you've mentioned lander there's a plugin alliance have done their mastering studio there's this there's 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 quite a few options there are more they're just some i've mentioned and i'd like it if you could just upload a track and then it would get a preview of all of them <laughs> so that you could then choose which one you wanted to go with because i mean compare all of this stuff um uh, is uh, it's 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 content dependent and um, there are lots of options out there. And if it if it's the work of a moment, then the one that succeeds should be the one that's best, not the yeah. one that's packaged or or presented as part of a wider bundle. Or you know, I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can dress these things up. But in the same way as with the mastering engineer, you go to a mastering engineer because you like the mastering engineer. Yeah. Well, in the same yeah, way, yeah. it's yeah. just kind of like I, it, it would be great if there were a way to compare between service providers. I'm not holding Maybe my breath for that. Maybe that's a new uh, business venture for you, Julian. <laughs> I, can you imagine negotiations? No, no. I think <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. It's it's like it, it's like yeah. yeah, sure. It sounds better than than the unmastered track. Well, I'd hope so. But does it sound better than the alternatives that I could do? Yes. Um, just as easily like a kind of uh, compare the market for, if you for like. mastering but yeah. i don't think i just kind of like i mean we could do something where we did something like that and compared and decided and you know but the it's then you're just focusing on methodology 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's good to go, oh, sure, for that track you preferred. It's like, oh, no, we could just throw the doors open, you know, because uh, this stuff, you know, it's not like it's taking up any of anybody's time specifically. It's like you've set up a system that's going to roll it out, and if you like it, then you can have that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that the, sounds fair. The question of automated mastering, you know, who who is using this stuff? Like, I don't imagine people are, are sitting there going, oh, am I going to go to Bobcats or am I going to use Slate Virtue? Oh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, of course, it's it's for people. I think the choice here, and we've sort of said this in, in previous times, is um, this is about a choice between um, automated mastering uh, or no mastering is better than that, or... Mm. What, there's a, there's waves a, L3 across exactly. what, the what, master bus and hoping for in-house we call it mixtering but yeah basically mm. to somebody like sticking some sticking a limiter and and, and uh, you know a widener and all that you know all that kind of stuff that we can do but people mix up doing that with mastering and keep saying that isn't really what mastering is a, a mastering is, is a thing that involves a, a person yeah of course well, that's what we I think say it's anyway, a budget sure thing as well disagree. you know for, for people if you're doing a lot if you're releasing a lot of music and you don't have a huge budget maybe you'll be sort of uh, enticed to to use that sort of thing mm. yeah i think it has a, i think it has a place mm-hmm. i'm not sure, saying it sure. doesn't yeah. um but uh, yeah it's not something that's that's right at my my particular list of of, of things to to do and use uh yeah that sort of segues into uh, slightly into um another plugin um called waves factory equalizer um which is very sort of uh yes it's an automatic spectral uh, correction plugin um and basically uh it's very a uh, perfunctory is that the right word uh it's, it just sort of does what it says uh it's very pure uh, sounding but um yeah so basically it splits up your signal into 32 individual bands analyzes the uh input game for each band and then it will sort of automatically boost uh or lower the level to give um kind of even gain across all of the frequencies um so kind of like a pure the sound in its purest state sort of thing um kind of similar to soothe 2 i don't know if i've already said that um but i yeah what do you what do you think about uh those sort of uh, spectral correction plugins james so i love soothe um or soothe 2 I, I, i've been using that for for some time now mm-hmm. uh, really like it i've only seen the videos on waves factory equalizer and it seems to be a you know a genuinely interesting idea you know when so many plugins seem to be just a copy of something that's come before with a slight tweak this this seems like something that's actually useful uh, not to say the others aren't useful but but you know, i think this is a distinct uh, category of product I don't think it's a direct copy of Sooth at all. Mm-hmm. It has, seems to have a very different uh, user interface. Um, I, I, I genuinely need to uh, you know, download it and, and have a look at the demo at least and see what I can use it for. Um, have, have you used it much at all or, or, or a lot? Or I haven't used this particular plugin. I've used mm. Sooth too, and that's a good uh, time saver. I think that's what these plugins are, you know, good at saving time and yeah. getting rid of the the headache of uh, doing everything yourself. Um, Julian, have you have you used any of these? Or I'm aware of Equalizer, but I, I haven't actually used it myself. But because we ran some content on the site about it, and um, and I, I I I saw what Luke did and spoke to Luke about it while he was doing that. I'm I I'm I don't quite get this personally. I'm I mean I'm I'm sure it's really good. I'm not going to say it's not. I haven't used it. Um, it doesn't strike me as like Soothe Two, which is awesome. Um, mm. It strikes me as more more like Gulfos 
actually mm-hmm. if you if if you remember that that sort of automatic eq it it that's something that other people have said apparently there are key differences and it is not the same um but it's the closest i can i can think of um i suppose what i'd probably um question is the is is the intention of what it's trying to do of to even out the differences between mm. different sounds and that isn't something that I feel like I necessarily want to do. I mean, if we were to do that, then, you know, if if an, if, if an electric piano has a low mid-range bump, it's because it's an electric piano, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Well, that, that, so, that did cross my mind. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm slightly, I'm slightly confused by the, by the idea of it. That isn't to say, I'm, I've heard the results and um, on the stuff I heard it on, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounded good. It sounded good. Um, it tended to make things quite bright. Mm. Um, yeah, that's oh, my yeah. added sparkle. Yeah, yeah. that's I kind of my ear because I know I, I I tend to I tend to mix fairly dark. So I wouldn't take that as a criticism. I'd probably say of like, mm-hmm. yeah, you do mm-hmm. mix too dark compared to loads of other stuff that it's trying to match it with. Maybe I don't I don't know I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so maybe actually the way the website describes it isn't entirely covering what it, what it's doing. I don't I don't know if that's the case or not. But to me, it sounds like a almost like a more better a plugin. It just makes everything a little bit nicer Mm. um and you know that's never a bad thing i'd be interesting to see how an entire mix works you know if you've got that on a bunch of different uh tracks Mm. i I think possibly to lots of crowd you know crowdedness in in certain maybe it's it's the remedial aspect of like if you've got a sound that sounds that sounds good don't use this on it because it already sounds good. What are you trying to do? Yeah. Um, however, if you have something that has a particular unhelpful resonance and, you know, I mean, I don't know, like my acoustic guitar. I like my acoustic guitar. I've had it for 30 years, but mm-hmm. it has got a really woofy body resonance around 300 hertz and I EQ mm-hmm. 300 hertz out of it every time I point a mic at it. Yeah, yeah. I should probably try this on it and see if that kind of fixes something like that and also also mm. i suppose i suppose issues where where you're you're finding yourself challenged in identifying exactly what the issue is mm. then something like this might actually go i'll tell you what, here's a level playing field to start with um yes. uh, just do what you want with that kind of a bit mm. of a reset i could see that working possibly yeah i mean they're, they're claiming to sort of put sounds back into their sort of purest form purest state but i don't know whether that's true because what you know what james said about uh, making everything sound brighter and better i can't imagine that everything naturally sounds like that or ought to sound like that but i don't know i'd need to um mm. probably try it a little bit more um, i was just think, thinking here I, I use my iphone to capture ideas with never with the intention of actually using the you know the recording for something i might download this and and try it across a bunch of you know things mm. i've recorded on my iphone and see if it turns them into anything in any way usable. That's a really good point, actually, because if you've got something that, by virtue of the capture device, is is off, and this could restore... Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, perhaps I'm looking at this product in the, in the wrong way. Mm. Mm. Um, so maybe it isn't a better either. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a fixer instead. Yeah, maybe. it could be. could be. Okay. Should we talk about something else? The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN-equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. Yeah, so the RME Fireface 802 FS. Uh, it's RME Eking 
every last drop from USB 2, which is impressive given how many uh, other high channel count uh, devices are now Thunderbolt or USB 3 or or whatever. Um, You know, I think it's interesting. It's sort of, it it looks like an 8 in, 8 out, analog uh, 8 in, 8 out with some expansion over over, uh, ADAT. It, unlike some of the more high-end products, it doesn't have, um, you know, AVB or Dante or even Maddie. Um, but, you know, I, I had a bit of a look at this and, you know, Toman have it around £1,700 at the moment. It's probably competing with something like an Apollo X8 at 2400 So, you know, saving £800 on, on mm. an equivalent product with the same mm. amount of expansion. And this is one of the RME products that uses uh, their DSP functionality, so Total Mix FX, uh, which I've never used. I don't know if anyone here has, has yeah, used Yeah, no, that. I've used Total Mix, yeah. No, no, not Total Mix, Total no. Mix FX, which has, you know, DSP built into it. So you can run plugins the way you would on an Apollo while you... You know, for oh well, I mean, the regular ones fits. kind of got sort of like reverb and stuff. You mean beyond that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. I'm not up to speed with mm. RMA, I, I, clearly. I, I wouldn't okay. know about that. Um, I I get this actually, just because what you've got here is you've got um, a cut down version of a premium product that's very desirable. But if you've got a bunch of uh, connectivity on the back that you never use, then why pay for it in the first place? This seems to be what they're doing. But if you're buying RMA, yeah. you're buying it for the quality and you're buying it for the driver, mm-hmm. low and latency yeah. and you know, and same experience, really, but I don't need as much. I mean, exactly. If you're never me. going to buy Maddy expansion or or Dante expansion, then 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 it's you know why pay for it? And this is some, this tra- is something I think when I look around the back of my Red Four Pre, and I think oh, I'm really not using half of this. I'm not even using a quarter of it. So, yeah. Mm. Internal power supply too, which is nice to see RME doing. You know, returning to the the thing actually with you on James because um you you um you know your stuff um the. The whole USB thing, just because it's, as as I understand it, when they're using their kind of uh, um, uh, fantastic um, driver, um, that's not straight USB, is it? Are they just using the physical layer and then doing their own proprietary thing with um, with the data side of things? Do you know? I, I, I actually don't know. I'm not sure uh, anyone out of RME would, would really know. Um yeah, you know, they do seem to get an impressive amount of throughput over USB, but you know this is a class compliant device too, so they can't be doing anything you know that complicated. Um, but don't it, you have a choice it, there? Of um, uh, yeah, anyway. Yes, uh, yes, you can either use their their uh, bespoke driver, or you can just plug it into any computer that that supports you know class mm-hmm. compliancy, and it will it will work. So, you know. Obviously, I well, I imagine that you would have higher latency as a class compliant device. Um, yeah, so I, I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and but this know, strikes me as this strikes a, me as something that something that uh, is a bit of a uh, a bit of a just, just an RME RME just advantage really of, of what they're doing with that. And the fact that they're using USB doesn't mean that you're getting USB performance when you're using it. That's but, no, you can't you can't compare RME doing USB two to almost anyone else. It, I, I think it's just coded extremely well, and uh, and they always have been. So uh, yeah, that's that's that. 
Mm. Yeah, nobody's got anything bad to say about RME, do they? But they they do what they do very well, and you know that's uh, oh, <laughs> the, you know their manuals could be better. But uh, you know, if we need to pick something, oh, I haven't yeah, had, I haven't had that particular picky. pleasure. But yeah, okay, I'll take your word. For yeah, it. Ma- the manuals have an. If you're not an engineer and you're an you're an end user, trying to decipher a, a, an RME manual can be interesting. So it doesn't read like it. a '90s Mackie manual, if you remember no, those. No, there's, there's, there's a hey. Get a soda. We'll play some hacky sack and figure out yeah, your new piece of gear. Very little assistance there. You need to put your engineering hat on. Gotcha. But but other than that very slight issue, no, I think RME are doing fantastic work. Yeah. James, let's let's do a last one before we go to find of the week. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So this uh, Sound Particles Audio Matrix plugin looks pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a you know an audio matrix that allows you to reorder outputs to inputs, change gain, do fold downs. And I thought, you know, I'd bring this one up because along with the Ginger Audio Ground Control Sphere, is it called? Yes, it, it is. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's it, they both seem very similar to some of the functionality you get in uh, Promon, which is from the uh, DAD AX32, AX64, and the Avid Matrix One and Two, and a couple of other products. This ability to freely send any input to any output or actually any output to any input more more correctly um and you know this is something that hardware owners have been able to do you know matrix and dad Mm -hmm. audio interface owners have been able to do for some time and it's i think it's really interesting to see you know would we call this trickling down to software these these higher end feature sets trickling down uh as discrete products and Mm -hmm. you know so now what what i love about the 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 matrix and now the matrix 2 that i that i have Mm -hmm. is I can use it not just as my audio interface, but actually as my entire studio hub. And so all of the inputs are connected to it either directly over MADI, AES, uh, Dante, you know, whatever. Uh, And then it it connects into Thunderbolt, it connects into DigiLink. So this this idea of an audio hub has been sort of central to the way I work for a while, Mm. in the way that a console used to be that. Mm. Um, and, Mm. And now we're consoleless. So if you if you just had an audio interface that didn't have a software front end, how would you control your output? You you would have to use a monitor controller. And now mm. um, you know so Sound Particles Audio Matrix and the Ginger Audio Ground Control Sphere, which I think is a bit more fully featured. You know these are products that 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 mean you don't need to go out and shell, shell out thousands of pounds for a, for a mm. monitor controller. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do so much more in software, mm. and, and I just think it's fantastic. To, it's very to good see. for spatial audio as well. Yeah, from what, from yeah. what I can see, immersive. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, you know, Dolby Atmos. I guess you would still need the renderer, um, but but once you've got you know um, up to sixteen channels of output, then then you've got a way of sending it wherever you want. You can uh, change gains. You can do fold downs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very mm. handy. Um, this is this is part of it, like a wider kind of conversation here, just because I mean, for for decades we've had things that only existed in hardware appearing in software form. I mean, like you just mentioned a mixer, and you know, I mean, mixers used to be used to be things you could lean on, and, and now they're a page in your DAW. We've had um, various hardware processes and stuff, but. Some stuff stuck around in hardware for a long time. I mean, uh, the last piece of hardware I got rid of was a hardware reverb just because it was better, but then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it wasn't anymore. Um, but then if you think about something like a Trinov, you're a Trinov user, aren't you, James? Um, 
Not anymore. Oh, okay, actually. but you I have still been have a it. Trinity I still, user. Uh, yeah, I have. I, okay. I still own well, it, but actually I've moved over to um, to the Matrix 2's SPQ. Of course, SPQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. It does almost everything. Which is still I, which I is still hardware. So my, my point stands yes. of kind of like, you know, that kind of uh, speaker calibration did happen in hardware, moved into software, and now mm-hmm. it's kind of moving back in hardware again as we're kind of uploading Sonarworks profiles up to DSP monitors. But anyway, um, but there's a couple of things that have been around that... Uh, that you know, we're still still stubbornly in in hardware. Um, one is, as you mentioned, monitor control and things mm. like Sonox Listen Hub, for example. I remember when yeah. uh, I first looked at that and I thought, how's this going to work? And I looked at what they'd done and I went, yeah, yeah, that works. And then we've had these other products come along. That was the first one I was aware of, but you mentioned the Ginger Audio one. But the other thing, of course, is um, the routing matrix. And... DAD, absolutely. I mean, I remember years ago when I, I had a, a X32 for a while, and yeah, I mean, dad, man, and all of that, incredible. Um, certainly the uh, my one of my favourite implementations of that actually is in, in Motu, in the, uh, what's it called, is it 1248 or something? And uh, all of those all of those Motu interfaces anyway, because it's, it's in software controlling hardware and it's done through a web page rather than through an app, which is... A, Brilliant. And, you know, but there's lots of other places where we get that kind of functionality. Um, but to have that come out into software because a routing matrix, I mean, leaving aside Dante Controller, actually, just because that's a funny one because that only exists in software, but it's for controlling hardware. So mm. do you see the yeah, point I'm so making d- about Dante Controller is controlling, yeah, it's controlling the hardware and then and then the changes you make are persistent if you turn the devices on or off, yeah, exactly. so, which, which is which is great. But yeah. uh, but still the, the, the point being that we've got... Um, uh, We've got uh, a routing matrix, which previously has been a hardware feature, and being able to implement that purely in software is bringing something that was only available if you had a premium piece of hardware um, and making it available in software. I, I like it. We're, I mean, presumably it works well. Sound particles aren't, aren't, aren't cowboys, so you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that it does what it, what it sets out to do efficiently and you know, in a way that's worth doing. And if so, great, because a routing matrix solves so many problems problems that you don't know you had i mean it really yeah. does yeah any anyone who's never tried one that you know the the classic use case for me where and, and the reason i i work the way i do is I, I have many more inputs than i have outputs because there are a lot of synths and and things and i like having them all connected all the time so dante expansion is not so expensive you're able to have you know 60 or 32 channels of synthesizers connected to your audio interface and then connected over dante now if you want to hear a single source, you don't necessarily want to have to open your DAW, instantiate the channel, get into record, and then in, and and then enable you know uh, that channel in order to to hear it. All you want to do is send it from the input to your monitors, ideally with a volume control, and that's what the routing matrix or the Promon uh, in in DAD world has has done. And before I was using that, I was using the Focusrite Red 16 line, uh, which was also very good, worked very similar, but had a channel limit of, I think, 32 channels. So if you had more sources than that, then you, you would have to start enabling and disabling things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the DAD is somewhere like 512 channels, so I don't think I'm going to run out of that. <laughs> anyway, that's a classic use case. You you all you want to do is mess around with the synthesizer. You want to send it to your monitors and you don't want to have to load your, you know, Pro Tools or, or yeah. Logic or whatever DAW. You, that, that's, for me, the, the classic use case for it. I don't always need to have Logic or Pro Tools open to be able to be in the studio and making noise. Um, how else would you do that 
if you don't have a monitor controller or some sort of mixer, you've just got everything plugged into your audio interface. And then these sorts of tools, uh, I think, are, are starting to give that, give that sort of functionality. Hmm. Well, on that, I've, our time is getting ahead of us. We need to move to Finders of the Week. RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. Perfect. Uh, Julian, what's your what's your find of the week? What is my find of the week? I'm trying to remember now. Oh, this is the thing that I'm really quite interested in. I haven't tried it, but I want to get hold of one. I really do. I'm thinking I'm thinking this might even be a thing that I want to buy and keep. Because um, the folks write Vocaster. I ignored it. I looked at it and basically I went, well, it's sort of interesting soap dish shaped thing with a big knob on top. Great. Um, and um, I thought, well, this is fine for people who need something like that. And I thought, actually, possibly I need something like that just because... Um, I think I could seriously streamline uh, my studio and just um, what I was saying earlier about uh, kind of like, you know, just having a load of functionality that I don't actually use. Um, the thing that really caught my attention was I didn't know until uh, Luke was talking about one. Luke's used this in the past, but that folks right Vocaster, it's sure it's got it's got a couple of loopbacks. It's got some functionality that you'd want on something that was designed for content creation or, you know, just doing that kind of voiceover-based work, presumably in a remote way. But the mic preamp, I've got 70 dB of gain. 70 dB of clean gain on something that you can pop in a bag and take with you and, you know, and, and do creation out with a laptop. Sounds mm. like a winner to me. So because of that, I'm interested. It does very portable, actually. Mm. So, yeah, nice, nice little device. So, yeah, there we are. Very nice. Um, James, what about you? What's yours? Um, mine is the Dadlink profi- uh, pr- protocol for the, uh, well, the Avid Matrix and, well, Matrix 2 and the DAD AX64 um, family of products, the second generation, I guess, of these uh, audio interfaces. Um, I had an article come out um, a week or so ago about this, uh, but I, I just remain blown away by what, uh, DAD have managed to do here, and so the use case here would be: say you've each um, each audio interface, uh, the Avid Matrix or the AX64, you can have up to thirty-two channels of I/O uh, in those. But what if you wanted more? Um, you could just add a second one, or you could expand with Dante or Maddie or ADAT for some of them. You know, whatever. Um, the issue has always been: how do you then synchronize multiple uh, interfaces so that they are? Uh, in time with one another. Um, every hop from one device to another adds some form of latency, and it's not necessarily a huge amount. We're not talking tens of milliseconds here, but it mm. might be, you know, one or two. Um, and so what DAD have done, uh, the the Matrix 2 and the AX64 have a little daughter card that's a, a, a MADI card. Um, and Using a different SFP, which is capable of gigabit speeds or more, they've managed to get the latency down to under one sample um, at, at one microsecond, so one thousandth of a millisecond. Um, and I've I've got this. I've got because I've got an AX64 and a, and a Matrix 2, and I have the MADI module. So I popped a couple of SFPs from my network switches, actually, that I had lying around and tested this. And, and it works. So, um, you, you know, you've got... Uh, say the uh, the input to the AX64 is sent to the Matrix 2 
and then recorded into Pro Tools, they are within one sample uh, accurate to one another. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Uh, compared to Dante um, or Maddie, you're looking at like uh, at least 15, 11, 15 samples, something like that. Um, um, we're having a look here at a little table. Um, yeah, between five and seven samples. And it, so if you're using hardware inserts uh, for uh, outboard in Pro Tools um, uh, HDX, it, it just simplifies the amount of calculation you need to do to make sure everything's aligned and sample accurate. It's, it's you know, it's yeah, fabulous. It, it sounds very impressive, actually. Mm. It's a technical marvel, really. It's This mm. is the next... Um, yeah, it, how do I say this? Um, we'd been stuck with this problem for some time mm. and this just completely got rid of it. Um, so, yeah, great. And literally everything I know about yeah. uh, about uh, Dadlink comes from James's article, which was a very interesting <laughs> read. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone outside of Avid or um, DAD have tested this. Talking to the distributor, I don't think so. Um I just happened to have a A64 and a Matrix 2, you know, for... No, you were well-placed to reasons. test it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm the first person to test it. I, I tend to think I am. Um, you know, you're welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very expensive test process, uh, let me tell you. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'm very pleased with it. Anyway, Excellent. we should move on. Yeah, no, show. what's yours? What's your final No, week? mine is uh, a little more woo-woo, as they say in uh, Australia. I don't know. Are you Australian, James? Or I am, I, but yeah. I left a long time ago. I haven't right. heard that, that before. Woo-woo. I've, I've heard, heard woo-woo, yeah. yes. Have you? Yeah, I tend to uh. hear it from Australians. I don't know why, but oh, um, okay. yeah, mine's Woo-woo not. Woo-woo is like mystical, magical, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really into that sort of thing, but um, a friend of mine has been using uh, the Aura Ring. I don't know if you've... Um, Ever heard of that? No, it's I've never had, a, but I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it looks like a wedding ring, um, but it tracks your sleep, fitness, uh, kind of overall health, and uses temperature analysis to sort of predict if you might be getting sick, which sounds kind of creepy, maybe, but um, also really useful. And um, it just made me think it's more of a consideration of the week rather than a, f- a find of the week, because this has been, you know, has existed quite a long time. But um, as I don't know about you, James and Julian, but uh, as a freelancer and a music producer, I tend to, uh, I can neglect my physical health quite a lot. Um, and I have, you know, tried to start going to the gym more, eating better, sleeping better, but things can get kind of overwhelming and uh, I need to control my energy levels and, and that sort of thing. So I'm definitely considering sort of uh, maybe getting one of these and uh letting it suggest things to me and letting it kind of uh, help with my uh, overall kind of health, I think. But can um, it remotely shut down your Mac? <laughs> I hope <laughs> so. That, that, that would be really handy. That's all we need, really. Yeah. Computer so, shutting uh, down in five, four, yeah. three, two. <laughs> yeah, that would get rid of most of mm. my stress. But, uh, so it's it's sort of a little bit like some of the functionality you get on an Apple Watch, but it's in a ring. Is that yeah. the general idea? Does it hook I, into your... Um, to your, to your smartphone, is that its mechanism? I, I or can imagine it? it. I can, you know, I, I mean, I'd need to look more into it, but I, it sort of gets loads of readings. Uh, I'm pretty sure it hooks into your smartphone. Um, yeah, it's got an app, so um, yeah, mm. it will do It will do that. Um, but yeah, it just looks uh, handy and it's very sort of compact in a, in a ring format. And um, I see. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we've not had one of those before. But yes, if you do it, we'll have to find out out whether or not it's sending you to bed and things like that. Yes. Excellent. Well, I mean, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to Rochelle and James. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert Podcast.